Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. The Kidley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today, there's some news to talk about. Um, where to even start? I guess right now we don't need to start at the beginning, um, but we'll do that in just a second. What you need to know right off the bat is that things are looking kind of bad for Arizona State. Uh, there was like a, a report out this morning from The Athletic and then a, a bit more comprehensive report from Yahoo uh, later, I think that was this afternoon, um, basically explaining that the NCAA is aware of a bunch of recruiting violations, um, I guess at this point alleged recruiting violations, and um, they're, uh, they're going to cause issues. Um, and, and what exactly that means for Arizona State this season, whether there's something like, you know, a postseason ban, um, whether Herm Edwards is still the coach, all that kind of stuff obviously is still like up in the air because we don't have a whole lot of details. Um, but it is really big news. And that's what we're going to talk about today is what exactly did we learn about this Arizona State alleged scandal? Um, and then also we're going to get into what does it mean for Colorado? Um, you know, say like, say they do get a postseason ban, and it'd probably be pretty quick for that to go into effect this year. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden the Pac-12 South gets cut from six teams to five teams. Uh, the, the team that is no longer in the race is the team that, as I've said before on this podcast, I would have winning the division. Um basically means that USC, Utah, Colorado would be in play um, for for that title. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Uh, so that's the plan for today. I'm uh, I'm excited. You know, honestly, like I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm kind of, you know, I'm like a closet. I don't want to say Arizona State fan, but I will say Jaden Daniels fan and Herm Edwards fan. Um, and because I think it's a lot of fun to to watch both of those two it's it's all of a sudden fun to watch Arizona State. Um, but yeah, obviously just massive news. And uh, we're going to dig into that right after I tell you a little bit more about our presenting sponsor uh, for this podcast, the Colorado XOs. So I've told you about them before. Um, they finished their season five on five. And again, what they are is a rugby team that is comprised of new rugby players who basically like U.S. rugby is trying to get onto the U U.S. national team. I really hope these hiccups don't keep going. Um, today, though, I want to tell you guys that 
if you are interested in trying out for the Colorado XO program, you can contact the director of recruitment, Peter Pask. His email is P-P-A-S-Q-U-E at glendale.co.us. Um, so definitely check that out if you're, you know, a former football player, former soccer player, whatever, who wants to get into rugby. Uh, it's a cool thing they've got going on at Infinity Park in Glendale. Um, now, though, let's get into all of this. Uh, so there's actually a couple of storylines here. Like I said, there, uh, there was an early report today from The Athletic, and I think there might have even been some rumors going around beforehand. There was one big rumor that started, I want to say that was last week. Maybe it was Monday this week. Um, basically, like a radio guy said that there was going to be a thing that's going to come and shake up college football on the West Coast and change legacies. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, but that was kind of the start of all of this um, earlier this week, or maybe it was late last week. Um, no details, though. There were no details. And I watched, like, the beginning. They, they like, streamed their radio show on Twitch or something and posted the clip. And it was, like, five minutes of them saying, yeah, something big is coming. We wish you could tell you. It's like, you can't do that. That's not fair but that's not the point of this the point is this morning uh the the athletic comes out the report and then pete thamel from yahoo put together a a lot more comprehensive report um here's what happened let's just start at the top of this story earlier this month an anonymous person sent a dossier of dozens of pages to the arizona state athletic department it included screenshots receipts pictures and emails related to numerous potential violations within Arizona State's football program, according to sources. So that's kind of how this all starts. Um, He also goes on to say that the NCAA has gotten its hands on all these documents, which, again, dozens of pages. I heard, I think maybe it was this story that said it was at least three dozen pages, right around three dozen pages. Um which is obviously a lot. Um, throughout the story, you know, there's some details, but but the the general point is that Arizona State allegedly did not abide by uh, the the COVID caused recruiting dead period. So basically, what was that like? Sixteen months, eighteen months, something like that. Probably probably closer to like sixteen. But but the point is, coaches athletic department staff nobody was allowed to talk in person with recruits and there's more to it you know they're, they're not allowed on campus i mean actually they are allowed on campus they just aren't allowed to be treated like it's it, like it's a, a visit like an official visit unofficial visit whatever um they could like buy their own tickets to games or like just walk around campus to check it out um you know there's like the rumors going around that schools would leave the the doors of their facilities open or unlocked. And it's just like, hey, I mean, if they open the door, then it just happens to be unlocked. They go check things out. What Arizona State did allegedly goes well beyond that. Um, they, so there's, there's a lot of moving pieces 
in all of this. And before we get into what actually happened, I think it's important to talk about um, the, a bit of the backstory, which also comes out in the Yahoo report and in some other uh, reports as well. Essentially, a lot of the staff knew that it was wrong. It was something that wasn't um, being like hidden. You know, at one point they said, uh, like a, a coach. There's video that a coach recorded working out with a, a potential recruit at a high school campus, recording the workout, and then like the video of that recording was played in front of. I think it says a, about a dozen coaches who were reviewing the tape, deciding whether they offer him all that kind of stuff, and obviously. That's something that's against the rules and obviously was something that wasn't hidden from that staff. So a lot of this is going around. Here's here's like a quote from the story. It wasn't a secret, said a staff member with direct knowledge of the visits. As far as knowing everyone who came into that football office, the number is too big and the names are too many. They would bring in parents, their moms, their dads, friends. They'd get facility tour like they were on an official visit. They'd show you the weight room and the training room. They'd show you everything. You know, stuff like that. You know, again, it's not like a, this hidden secret nobody realized. And that turned into a problem, again, according to the sources in these stories, because there were some rifts in the staff. Um, whether it was because of this, whether it was because there was a push to, to replace some coaches with coaches who had a better recruiting record, that sort of stuff that just kind of caused some drama, some tension um, throughout the staff. So eventually it gets to the point where somebody anonymously sends all of these things, all these documents they've been collecting, you know, things like those, the videos, things like pictures, things like receipts, things, all, all of that stuff um, that fills 36 pages of evidence. Obviously that also goes to the NCAA. Um, there's been like speculation about who leaked all this stuff um you know and again it's speculation you don't know for sure um but kevin maue who is i think he's in the hall of fame he's offensive lineman um he was a, was he offensive quality control coach something like that and he wanted to get the offensive line coach job didn't get it so you have that going on in the background Yesterday, yesterday, he tweeted, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. That's a Bible verse. He includes the link to the Bible verse. Again, the day before this report drops, it's, uh, it's not, it's tough to believe it's a coincidence, you know, um, so there's kind of the backstory of how this could kind of get out. And then you can go through some of these details. Um, again, Yahoo Sports interviewed more than a dozen current or firmer, or former, not firmer, ASU staff members this week. Um, the sources said that at least 30 players visited campus over a span of months. Practice so common that the coaches just called them Official visit weekends in staff meetings. And again, official visits not allowed because of COVID during this whole time. Uh, here's an interesting detail. Coaches bumped into recruits and families in a back stairwell and a routine developed of facility tours around 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. at night. Again, so 
not necessarily like out in the open, here's what's going on, but pretty close to it. And it's a conversation that, um, that, that was happening throughout the athletics department with various people on different sides of it. Now, one of the interesting things that Pete Thamel brings up is that it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of people who are willing to talk, you know, I would guess, for example, that Kevin Maui is one of them. And when the NCAA calls Kevin up and says, hey, do you know anything about this? Doesn't seem like the type of guy who at this point is in a position where he's saying, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, again, you've got all sorts of student athletes. Again, they say 30 kids were brought around with their families, with friends, all that. What if one of them commits, first of all, what if one of them commits to Arizona State and the NCAA comes up to him and says, hey, we want to talk to you about this. Is the student athlete going to be honest and say, hey, I, I can't afford to be getting in trouble for lying to the NCAA. I can't have my eligibility revoked. Again, it seems like they'd talk. If, for example, one of them went to, uh, you know, Arizona, well, then obviously, on top of like, we want to talk because we don't want consequences for ourselves. They would also potentially be wanting to talk because that's your rival. And again, does, is that a motivating factor? It could potentially be, even if it isn't, you're still probably going to get these stories out. Um, let's see. I think, uh, from, from here, let's see, let's go into this. Um, we talked about how there, uh, there are people who are kind of upset within the program. Um, a lot of this again has to do with, and I, I would suggest you go and read all this stuff just because it is interesting. Antonio Pierce, who's the associate head coach under Herm Edwards. Apparently he kind of takes a lot more control while Herm is more of like a figurehead. He's telling, he's hiring the people who'd make all this, all that kind of stuff. Again, for more details on that, feel free to go to Yahoo Sports. Um, in effect, though, Antonio Pierce has a lot of control, and he was one of the ones who was pushing to replace some coaches with coaches who were better recruiters. Um, he was also um, up for the Arizona job, um, wound up going to Jed Fish, of course. Um, but, again, just that's who he is. Um, some, According to the sources from Yahoo!, he was, um, again, a, a controversial figure because some people were with it, some people were not. Um, here's a line from the story. That left a running joke on group texts and in phone calls this week about the mystery of who collected and documented all the receipts, emails, and screenshots. Here's a quote. There's too many disgruntled people, said one source. There's too many people that have been through that program that are frustrated. It could be any one of 10 people. So again, Kevin Mawe, one of those people. But there are a bunch of others, all probably willing to talk if the NCAA calls them up. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's kind of what's going on. Um, I think that's it in terms of like... I mean, I, I guess there's some more details. At one point, there was like a, a van that was out there that was used to just like they needed a big vehicle to show 
all of the recruits that they had around. Like that's how big it was. They they rented a van just to, do, but whatever. Um, so allegedly there were a bunch of meetings, um, with Herm Edwards and his coaches, and again with the recruits in Herm's office. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. Here's here's more on that. As the amount of illicit activity rose, tensions simmered in the office. Coaches said that hosting recruits would have been too common to get security officials to agree to shut the cameras off every time a recruit came into the building during a dead period. Here's another quote. The people who walked the straight and narrow were forced out, said another former staffer. The culture that had been festering there had been able to bloom full go. I'm not surprised to hear this. So again, there's a... This doesn't seem like something that's going to go away. Again, I I don't know personally what the penalties for this is. You know, is this a situation where they say, oh, well, you're going to lose half of your official visits. I mean, it seems like they've already... If, if the trade was you get these 30 visits, but now you can't have 15 official visits, well, obviously... Arizona State still came out ahead. They got 15 more visits than every other school. And so you'd think the penalty would have to be harsher than that. On top of it, the fact that these were COVID guidelines, you know, guidelines that were put in place to keep people safe, then maybe on top of like, you know, it, when you go through these things, you first have to say, how do we level this playing field? And with something like this, you say, hey, they had this many meetings with recruits. Well, guess what? Now you take away that many and there you go. There's your balance. From there, you get into the punishment. Um, and when the violation involves, again, putting student-athletes at risk on top of blatantly breaking a bunch of rules and breaking them um, almost proudly, you know, it was not a secret in any way. This wasn't something that's was trying to be covered up. They said, no, we are, we know what we are doing and we are breaking these rules. And, you know, it does seem like the punishment could really, really uh, be big. Um, again, is it something where they're banned from the postseason for, for a few years? Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. Um, I want to get into, I mentioned earlier, there was like the rumor this was going to happen. Well, also the guy who said that this or something like this was on the way said, actually, that wasn't it. So there's, there's more on the way. Um, we're going to talk about that in just a second. First though, I want to remind you guys, if you aren't a member of DMVR yet, you should jump in. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, and in general, like we just appreciate the support. You know, so many cool things happening today. I think um, Adam Mades, the Nuggets guy, he uh, he had like a an hour long podcast with uh, George Carl and Alex English today. If you're a Nuggets fan, like just cool stuff. And that's all made possible when we can afford to do cool things. But also, you get access to cool content, all that kind of stuff. Um, we appreciate your support. Even listening to this podcast. That is a sign of support, if we're being honest. Um, let's see, what is today? Okay, here we go. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, 
It's also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if the team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball game of your choice to, or the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to remind you guys that if you're uh, doing anything fun this weekend, I'm a... Uh, I guess I'm going to a wedding, and it will be a wedding with Breckenridge beers everywhere. I can tell you that. Um, weddings count as fun. It's it's a weird shift. You know, I actually haven't been to many weddings as an adult. Now that I think of it, like, what was the last wedding I went to? I mean, I had, like, a cousin get married, like, four years ago. I There's a list of weddings I have missed. I can say that. Um, whether it's because they schedule them for the same day as the buffs, sorry, can't do that. Or because I'm just an idiot that can't read an invitation. Um, honestly, this is going to be kind of my first wedding as adult. If I'm really thinking about it, um, back in the day, weddings sucked. You know, that was just something that was going to take a whole Saturday. Now I'm actually like excited. Um, point is if you're doing fun things, Breckenridge Brewery will make them more fun. They've got, uh, all sorts of different products. Obviously the beers are what they're known for, but I mean, the seltzers to me are kind of making a run for that throne. I'm a big fan. I'm kind of a seltzer guy in general, if I'm being honest. So it's pretty cool, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, check those out and remember that they are giving 1% of their proceeds to the National Parks Conservation Association. Got it today. Never going to forget again, um, which is a cool thing. All summer they're doing that. So if you're going to try Breckenridge beers, try it this summer when your money, I mean, most of it still goes to a nice Colorado company. Another part of it, though, goes to protecting our national parks, which is a really cool thing to do. Okay. Um, we are... Uh, getting into these rumors now so here's where it starts um actually this isn't the easiest way to do it let's let's go again where's the easiest way to find these things in the dnvr buffs discord server the dnvr lounge um so let's see this was the 14th today is the 16th so the day before yesterday so this was monday george reister the third who, uh, again, I don't know anything about him. It's, it's tough in these situations to know, like, is that because I'm an idiot or is it because, you know, most people don't know who this is? Um, here's what he had to say, though. Um, for those who care, he's, he's a Fox Sports radio host. 
Um, he does some other things as well, it looks like. Um, but Reister wrong. Weekdays, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific time on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 67 Twitter followers, so that's something too. Um, here's the tweet. We are on the verge of a story potentially to be broken in the next week or two that will rock the college football world, ruin legacies, and could impact the balance of power out west. So that was kind of luminous. And and I decided not to talk about that on the podcast yesterday just because I was like, eh, you, you got you to gotta give me just a little bit more than that. That just sounds like you're trying to get attention, which, you know what? I think, you know, he, he actually said that a lot of people know about this. And this is on the clip from the radio show. If you want to go back, I think it's, it's on his Twitter page. It's a few days ago. It might even be pinned at the top. Yeah, pinned at the top. It's like the first five minutes. Again, his name is George Reister, W-R-I-G-H-S-T-E-R. Uh, he and his co-host, they really don't say anything, but they do say that a lot of people know about this in media, which is a thing that happens. Um, and I think, again, it's, reporters are in a weird place in America right now in terms of like the trust level and what is asked of them, and we don't need to go all the way down that road. Um but sometimes things like this happen where a lot of people have a source or a couple of sources that say, hey, this is going on. This, uh, who knows, maybe what happened is this 36-page report, I can tell you that has been sent to Arizona State. They know it's out there. They know it's a matter of time before somebody gets their hands on it. Um, this is a thing that's going on. So you hear that. But to be able to report that, um, you need to be fairly certain. Um, I mean, you kind of have to be like all the way certain. And so like you could, you know, if you have two or three sources, ideally three sources say this has been sent to Arizona State, you could probably say, hey, everybody on Twitter, uh, Arizona State was sent a 36-page dossier that's concerning. Well, what does that really do for you? Not much because people are like, okay, so they got sent something that's 36 pages. What do, what do we care about that? Don't, don't tell us about that unless you're going to tell us what's in it. And now saying what's in it becomes tougher um, because you have to be really sure. Otherwise, there's you know the libel potential or potential for a libel case if you're wrong. Um if you say like, well, there's there's evidence within this report that there were illegal visits and then all of a sudden that turns out to be false and then you could like wind up owing a, a bunch of money and damages. It, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that going on. And so the reason I bring that up is because what likely happened is, you know, maybe it was Pete Thamel with Yahoo because he did have a little bit more comprehensive report. People know that that's on the way. You know, if you're a reporter, you might hear about that. Um, and I think, again, that when people hear it's on the way, they think, well, why aren't you just putting this out there if you have it? Like, this isn't something that you just hold on to and drop at your will. But no, what happens behind the scenes is you you write the story, you get all that figured out, and then you go through probably three or four editors who all take a look and circle anything that they see that could be, you know, like, hey, who's your source here? Are you sure about this? 
if if you're not absolutely sure about this point, that could be a problem with us, like legally, or also not even just legally, you could be wrong. And when you break a story like that, if it is wrong or if there are details that are wrong, not only is it a bad look for the paper, it's a bad look uh, for the reporter. And again, could be legal trouble as well. From there, it goes into like the the like legal team at the newspaper or if you're not a newspaper, if you're like Yahoo Sports at the whatever you call that, um, and, and they take a look and say, hey, do you have real sources? Uh, can you absolutely back this up in court and say, I had these three people who know what they're talking about tell me this, which is good enough reason for me to believe that it's true. So that's all the stuff that kind of goes on behind the scenes, and that's why it can sometimes take a few days for the details to get out. Um, or, as George Reiser said, within the next week or two, this story is going to drop. Um, again, is it irresponsible to to know something and not say it? Potentially. But it's even more responsible to think you know something and say it with the chance that it's wrong. I would also say it's irresponsible just to hype up that something is coming um, without saying what it is, but that's more of like an ethical thing about like where we are as a society right now. And that's where we're going to cut this conversation off. Um, I bring up George Reister for this reason. So there was the that going on earlier this week, him saying that shaking up the balance of power in the West. Um, today, after this stuff came out, and this is actually kind of interesting now. NCAA is investigating Arizona State for allegations related to the football program. The allegations include paying players, major recruiting violations, COVID violations, and other things that have left serious concern about the coaching staff being able to coach this season. Um, he also followed that tweet up a few minutes later by saying, The athletic story is not the story I was referring to, just the tip of the iceberg as it relates to Arizona State. Now, what's even tougher about this is uh, that came out before the Yahoo story did, and so he could have actually been talking about the Yahoo story. I don't think he was because it was basically the same story, again, just with a couple more details. Um, does that mean there's more on the way? Maybe. Could it be for Arizona State? I mean, there probably is more on the way for Arizona State. For other schools probably more going on there as well um again does does arizona state having this happen is does that change the balance of power in the west i mean they didn't really have the power there was a lot of reason to believe they were going to wind up with the power within the next couple of years but it kind of does have to be usc oregon washington you know some some somebody like that going down that would really change the balance of power in the west um so there's all that stuff to wrap all this up, and again, to point to the fact that there's probably more on the way for Arizona State and also for, you know, everybody else, um, there was actually a, uh, a, what do you call it? Um, basically, in January, the NCAA put out a statement saying that they are aware of a bunch of places where there were recruiting violations regarding the COVID dead period. Um, there's a lot going on there. At the time, 
Sports Illustrated wrote a story. Um, oh, no, this is a recent story. After all that came out from the NCAA, again, it just kind of resurfaced today because of this. It was like two paragraphs long. I basically told you what it said. Sports Illustrated said, Translation, it seems unlikely that notices of allegations will be delivered in the coming weeks while campuses are closed or in flux, even if they're close to being completed. Um, the major NOAs uh, that seem likely to still be on the way, Louisville, Alabama, Arizona, LSU, those already delivered, or NC State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, USC, TCU, South Carolina, schools that likely have received but have not confirmed or denied, Creighton and Auburn, um, Oh, and that, that was actually from uh, the time that this came out. That was from January. Um, so, again, there's going to be more of this stuff on the way. Um, it does seem like just the, the the culture at Arizona State made that the place where, you know, they're going to get them. <laughs> there is just so much evidence and probably so many people who want to talk, they're going to get them. Um if if there's a report that say who knows just throwing something out there let's let's use a local reference that Colorado basketball was holding uh, visits they were not allowed to for that to come out and for it to to be proven you probably need a bunch of people within the program or at least one or two people within the program um, plus other evidence to say hey they did it let's punish them and that's why. It may be tough to to prove this stuff, but because of the culture at Arizona State, it it's not tough at all to prove. Um, yeah, so I think that kind of gets everybody up to date. There's probably going to be more information coming out soon about Arizona State, about other stuff. And again, these are serious violations, and there will probably be serious punishments. Um, you know, whether whether those punishments come in time for, you know, the, a postseason ban. I think that's a good example because that's anything more than that is it doesn't really matter to, to see you. Um, but uh, if there is a postseason ban, you're not allowed to play in the Pac-12 championship. That is, to me, the, the team that you're most concerned about if you're Colorado. From there, I think, honestly, I think you go to Utah before USC just because... USC, I mean, come on, like, <laughs> we can't just say every year they're going to go and do the thing when they never go and do the thing, you know, and I, I have faith in things like Mario Cristobal building a strong program at Oregon. I have faith that, you know, uh, that Colorado is going to, if not reach its, like, peak days is going to at least be a team that's competing for Pac-12 championships here in the near future, whether that's this year, whether it's a few years down the road. Um, in the same way that I have faith in things like those, just because I like the trends that I've seen, because of the history, all that kind of stuff, I also have faith that Clay Helton's USC Trojans are not going to to, to, to win. You know, they're going to blow a couple of games during the season and that's going to kind of doom them when it comes to the postseason. Um, and because that's like, in terms of like what I think of the Pac-12, that is kind of one of the pillars is this USC program is going to falter. I can't say even like I would pick them second if Arizona State was uh, still around. I'll still pick them maybe second um, with Utah around. Um 
if if Utah and Colorado and Arizona State they were all gone, I'd take Arizona to finish in front of them just because I don't think that they're going to finish first. Um, just in this, like I'm not willing to bet on Gary Woodland. You know, similar idea. Um, so where does that leave us? And again, whether whether it's it is like a postseason ban or whether it's oh no, shit hit the fan. The the president's going to be out for blood and say nope. Herm Edwards is gone. Coaches are gone. Whatever. There is going to be enough turbulence for me to say I don't think at this point Arizona State's going to be the Pac-12 South champion this season. Whether it's because they're not allowed to to play in the postseason, like yeah. I'll say they will not represent the Pac-12 South in the Pac-12 championship game. That makes more sense. Whether it's because they're not allowed to participate in the postseason, um, whether it's because um, there's players who are suspended for their involvement, whether it's because there's coaches who are kicked off, or whatever. It's, there's too many things that is, could potentially go wrong for them to wind up in that situation. Because of that, I think it's a three-horse race. Utah, USC, Colorado. Um, I think that when you look at USC, you know, in an air raid team, I'm not full on air raid, I guess, but pretty close to it. I think that you look at Colorado's secondary and say, "Hey, we can make enough plays to to go and beat them." Again, you're what own fourteen all time right now. Certainly not a lock, but I that that path is there for sure. Um, when you look at the defense and say, "Again, where's the strength?" It's honestly pretty solid in the trenches still, even without. Marlon Tui Pelotu and Jay Tefele. You still got Drake Jackson there. Um, but again, what you really like is the DBs, that the speed um, that they can have. Again, I, I think that still, even with a solid trench presence, you know, Drake Jackson's going to make a couple plays. I think Colorado is able to run the ball on him. Um, so you like that. Utah's the more interesting one, especially because what is that? Is that home game this year? Try to remember because it alternates every year. Last year, I, th- I think last year they were in Boulder. Yeah, because the year before I was there and it was in Utah. Um, so yeah, it'll be back in Utah this year. You don't love that. Um, two teams that I think are going to play a very similar style of football. I think you could. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I think that a lot of ways they line up because you really like them in the trenches on both sides. I think that offensively, both really want to run the ball. Um, that is going to be what they're best at. I guess with Utah, you wonder about the running back situation. Um, and then at the same time, both teams have quarterbacks you're excited about. Um, you know, the, the Buffs have Dimitri Stanley as their returning like weapon at receiver, a slot receiver. You look at Utah, and they've got Britton Covey, who is also a slot receiver. Uh, you, you go from there and say, okay, what else you got? Uh, with Utah, I say Brant Keithy, the tight end. With Colorado, you know, there's a bunch of receivers you're excited about seeing the next step. But that's honestly true of Utah. And the proven guy is Brady Russell, their tight end. So there's a lot of similarities. And then on top of that, you throw in um, that they've got the, the transfer quarterback, Brewer from Baylor, who I, I talked about. I can't remember if that was this podcast or the – the draft podcast. I think it was the draft podcast talking about quarterbacks before last season, just because I like some of the flashes he had. And I still think that there's some potential there, even though last year he wasn't all that great. Compare that with either Brendan Lewis or JT Shrout. I think there's some similarities there too. Um, 
it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch for sure. And and the weird part is, even with Arizona State, in my opinion, not going to be the team that that represents the Pac-12 in that Pac-12 championship game or Pac-12 South, sorry, in the Pac-12 championship game. You still got to play them. You still got to beat them. And depending on what's going on, who knows what they'll be? You know, if if they have to replace a whole coaching staff in the next couple of months. Probably not nearly as scary, um, but still, again, with the talent capable of winning. Um, if there aren't big changes to the coaching staff, which honestly at this point would surprise me, um, then you've got to beat them. And that is, is that a, I mean, with Utah on the road, with the USC game on the road, right? That one was on the road. Now I'm starting to question that too. Well, let me just pull up the schedule. Um, I thought that USC game was on the road, um, but that would have to mean that the Arizona State game is at home. Um, point is, it's going to come down to those games, and it's going to come down to taking bus- taking care of business in the other games. You know, there's some other tough stuff in there. They, uh, I mean, I guess should UCLA be in this conversation? I don't think so. I still don't think they're quite at that level. But yeah, they're they are home against USC. But week one, they're on the road. Week one of the conference season, they're on the road against Arizona State. Um, but from there, you know, on the road against Oregon. That's a tough one. Not quite as impactful as some of the others just because, you know, they're, they're in the north. But the door is more open than it was before, and the door was open before. Um, that's what I'll say. Be fun to uh, follow along with all this, see what comes out of it. Um, But yeah, there's some news for today. Be back tomorrow with another podcast.